Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. Now, I'm really, really interested to hear this lady's thoughts because obviously competing isn't for everyone and there sometimes comes a point where you get to the stage that you don't know whether competing's for you and you kind of want to delve away from that. And I don't think it's a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. And I followed this lady for a while and I think what she talks about is so interesting. And I followed her journey after she stopped competing. And I think it's something that definitely needs to be covered in the industry. She's an online coach and a personal trainer. So welcome Dominique to the podcast. Hi, I'm here. Excited to be here. Awesome. So for obviously I know your backstory. Some people won't. I like to start every single podcast with just the guest kind of describing their kind of backstory, where they came into competing, um, and potentially where you got to now, and then we can just go from there, I think. Okay, perfect. I'll try and keep it brief, but that's the thing that I'm actually the worst at. (laughs) If you follow me on anything, anything, you'll know that it's never short and sweet. Like, I just talk and talk and talk. Um, So... I um, started training uh, off the back of modelling. So I think back in 2012, I made it to the final of Britain's Next Top Model. I'd already started losing a little bit of weight, but that made me like kind of get fixated on losing more weight and getting in like the best shape possible. And obviously, like most people, when you first start training, like the best shape possible is like lose as much weight as possible. So I started doing that and then I kind of like started training at a bodybuilding gym um, with a friend and um, and I guess I kind of fell into competing after after a while so I was that girl who'd go to the gym didn't have a clue what they were doing and then I started learning to train properly learning to lift weights stop being scared of that and then I didn't know what I was doing with my nutrition and and I was kind of like I, I wanted something that was like the next step so somebody put me in touch with a coach she was in Wales and she was a lady and um, she had a, a really big client base of competitors. And at the time, I had no intention to compete, really. But obviously, being in the bodybuilding gym and, and being the, the shape and size that I was and kind of like my overall look, people were often saying, like, oh, you'd be really good. Like, you'll probably know this. Like, oh, you should compete. You should compete. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I've got the tiniest bit of muscle ever and maybe an okay looking face and long hair like yeah of course everybody's gonna say I'm, <laughs> you should compete so I started working with this coach and then um I went to train with her in uh, Cardiff and she said so have you decided if you want to compete and I said oh, I'm not really sure like I might just something to aim for and she was like right show date 1st of May here you go and I was like oh okay that's like eight weeks away so I kind of like fell into it it wasn't ever something that I was like I got into fitness and I was like right I want to compete it was kind of like right you're gonna compete and I was like okay I'm kind of the person that'll just go for something so that was my first prep and I think that was 2014 2015 what year are we in yeah 2015 so um 2015 and um so I started training with her for to compete and my calories were very low uh, maybe 600 some days training twice a day doing cardio I had quite a few health complications but I just and it was quite unhealthy and it was obsessive but I think when you've got that motivation to go for something you don't really notice and obviously now as a coach and a personal trainer with much more education and knowledge I'm like oh well yeah like there was the mental drive there 
but there was also like a lack of mental capacity that I didn't know how little I was eating because I didn't have like the energy to go and look. And then somebody pulled me off that that diet, started working with a new coach, and then I went into the next competitive season working with Josh McHale, uh, and I competed again. So even despite like I was I was eating very little food, I still made it to like the British finals and. I got my invite to the Arnold's that year, the Arnold Classic in Barcelona. And yeah, I did pretty well. So I came like top three in all my shows um, that I competed in my first year. And then I went out to compete the next year um, with Josh. So I competed for two years. Because you did really well. I remember watching you at the, I think it's at the Amateur Liverpool. Is that the one? Oh, the, um, yeah. So, so my first international show was the Amateur Olympia in Liverpool. Um, and Obviously, like, that's an international show, so there were people from all around the world, and, like, the physique and the standards insane, and there was just me, like, little old me there. But to be, like, I was I was so happy. Like, that was my goal. My goal was just to get to that show, and I, and I got there. So I was, I was absolutely buzzing just to be on the stage. Like, I didn't really care about the trophy at all. And, like, looking back, I was obviously never going to get one. I looked, like, quite out of place compared to the other girls who were, like, a lot older than me, had a lot more muscle mass than me. Some of them were probably enhanced. We'll get into that later. (laughs) So, like, I was just, like, drowned out, basically. Uh, So what was the moment for you then? Like, was there kind of... Was there, like, just one kind of switch in your head that thought, I'm going to stop competing? Or was it something that was kind of in the back of your head thinking... I'm not sure whether I, I want to do this anymore. I don't know if it's for me. Like, how was that process for you? Um, so not many people know this, and I've never really spoke about it. But I was in a relationship when I first started competing. And, and um, I think for the most part, the, the, one of the main um, drivers for my competitive journey was the fact that I was very deeply unhappy. And um, it was something for me to focus on and give my all and and sort of validate my own insecurities because it was it was kind of a way of in hindsight looking back at the time this was never my motive um like to prove that I am I am sort of better I can go that extra mile I am more dedicated and and sort of maybe make myself feel good about that because there were other areas that were that were lacking in my life and that and a massive thing for me was my relationship like when you're in a relationship it's a big part of your life and especially my second year of competing so the point where, so I, I actually broke up with him beginning of, the very beginning of my prep. So body power, May, was like the pinnacle of like volatility between between us. Like I was, like I resented him. And it was, so prep that year was kind of like an ex, and, and it was like, I'm prepping, so you can't give me grief. Like I've got more important things going on. And it was really good for me to just kind of, kind of throw myself into it Although like I wasn't emotionally affected by the relationship because I, I like by that point I I was past the point of caring, it was still very draining for me to deal with somebody else's emotion and have them like on like on me all the time. So having prep there was kind of like something that I could focus my energy in a positive way um, and be like, look, this is my goal, like I'm working towards that. So I was like tunnel vision on that. I didn't have time for all this drama and like texts and and whatever. And I just focused on making myself happy. So throughout my uh, competition prep in my second year, I think that was my main driver was because it was like an escape. It was an escape from from being in a relationship that was that didn't make me happy and didn't sort of fulfill me in any way. Um, and obviously I had, as an individual, like 
underlying insecurities and, and body image problems that, that competing maybe, or I thought they would fill. So I think that in hindsight, that's probably one of one of the, the biggest reasons behind me competing. So obviously, like I said, I broke up with him at the beginning of my prep and I channeled all my energy into, into that prep. And then I competed in August for the first time in Leeds and I absolutely loved it. And one of my biggest things throughout the entire prep was if that I was going to do it healthy. If at any point I felt unhealthy, I would stop. And Josh, obviously, Josh is a good friend as well as a coach. And we work together quite a lot, like I saw him all the time. So he was quite clear that if at any point I had to do anything that I felt was excessive, so excessive cardio or excessively low calories, like I wouldn't do it and I would stop. I would literally cut it. And I never, so I never had to do that. And I think one of the main reasons behind that was because I was so relaxed throughout my entire prep and like I completely changed my mindset like I went from being like this panicky like the first year I panicked all the time like and it's because it was kind of like fear of the unknown whereas when I went into my second year of prep I was like I'm gonna put everything into this in a positive way like if I miss a training session so what if I eat a little bit more my body's not gonna go into a meltdown like it was completely different to the first year where I was like, if I miss a training session, I'm going to die. If I eat if I eat 10 extra calories, I'm going to die. So the second year was so much more healthier. And as a result, I obviously looked better. I felt better. So the point of me not competing anymore didn't come in a bad way, like, oh, this is not for me. Um, but the second year I did it, I kind of felt like I'd outgrown it. Um, by the time I'd done my final my final show, I'd I'd met Dan in August, so I met Dan at my first show, and like I don't know, like I didn't stop competing for my relationship because Dan was a bodybuilder and a prep coach at the time, so he massively supported me and everything that I did, and obviously he met me as a bikini girl. So, but then I was kind of just like I really wanted to quit my job, and I decided that I was going to quit my job and start coaching and and working in the fitness industry full time in May that year so when I started my new job I'd already knew that I was going to quit eventually but I had to get my competitive season out of the way so I competed uh, in August September and my last show was the middle of October um, and Dan came with me to all of them and I just kind of felt like I didn't really need it anymore so my intention when I actually stopped competing in October was not to never compete again it was kind of like I'm just going to take a break the stage is always going to be there Right now, I want to focus on other things. Like, I want a business. I want to help other women. Like, I feel like even though I was competing and it's so rare to find, my relationship with my body, with myself, with um, food was really healthy when I prepped the second year. Like, I knew why I was doing it. I didn't ever really moan. I never had any meltdowns. Like, I just had, like, a really positive outlook. And I was like, if I can help people have this in life or competing, then I'm going to be helping so many more people. So I kind of just wanted to channel all my focus into that and like growing me as a person and personal development and starting a business. So I did that. And then after maybe, maybe three, four months, I just was like, I don't think I'll ever compete again. And then I was like, I'll never say never because this stage will always be there. But then I was like, I'm coaching women to not compare themselves to other women. And then I'm getting on stage and comparing myself to 10, 20, 30, 50 other women for 15 people sat at a desk to turn around and say, your ass isn't as good as hers 
or sorry, you just don't quite fit the bill. And I'm giving somebody my security and allowing them to attempt to tear it down. And although it didn't, like a trophy never really, a trophy never gave me my like confidence. It was kind of like, why do I even need that? I don't need that. I don't need somebody to tell me that my body's better than somebody else's or worse. Like, I don't. So, so yeah, um, I think that was kind of like the tipping point. And I was just like, no, I don't think I'll ever do it again. And then there's been times, like there's been so many times where I've been like, well, maybe a few, a few months ago, maybe last year, where I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just going to compete. Because being obsessive and having that tunnel vision and that one goal and that drive is so much easier than than achieving and obtaining it and maintaining balance and like and showing how that's how that's done because that's so hard to find when you're so used to being obsessive restrictive having a direct goal and a tunnel vision goal um so yeah there's definitely been times where i've been like oh well fuck this i'll just compete again i found all of what you said so interesting there's so many things that i feel like i could just talk about right now um <laughs> wow yeah i think it's very very true that I think for what you've said, it's probably really important for girls, including myself, to kind of, I think, assess what, where you're at in your life from so many different angles and see whether competing will fit you at that time, if that makes sense, from what you said. I um, think, like, I definitely don't regret it and I don't want anybody to take this and run with it like, oh, Dominique said don't compete because at the time in my life, like I said, like I said earlier, it is what I needed. Like my life ran from meal one to six, from what I trained, from how much cardio I did. And it was probably one of the most helpful and beneficial things. Like there are far less healthy things that I could have channeled my my energy into, like going out and getting smashed every weekend or something. And and yeah, it might be obsessive and whatever. And it wasn't necessarily the healthiest thing to do in terms of like, body image and, and and being kind of obsessive about food and stuff but um it wasn't like the least healthy either mm. I think it definitely teaches you a lot about yourself and it shows you what you are capable of doing it shows you can whatever you put your mind to you can actually get that goal so I guess like what what do you feel like competing has taught you when you're kind of in your day-to-day sort of life right now for myself I didn't think that I was capable. I think I've realised that I'm capable of doing a lot more since I've done my prep because a few years ago, I wouldn't have thought I would have done it. I would be able to do a prep or even stick to a meal plan for literally more than five minutes because that was the sort of person I used to be. So what do you think competing has taught you that you kind of still kind of bring into your everyday life right now? I think competing, for the most part, has taught me how to be kind of disciplined in other things. So, like... There's kind of fine, like there's fine lines with everything, I suppose. But having the discipline to sort of stick to a um, a sort of like eating regime and a training regime and and just get shit done. Like you can apply that to so many different areas of your life. Like it allowed me to have control in other areas of my life where I felt like I didn't have control. And I think that, like I said, that was my reason for competing. So when everything in my life was up in the air and stressful it was easy for me to then have the control through having that where I knew exactly how things were and should be it was kind of a way of controlling every other factor in my life and so I think it's allowed me to like channel that into maybe like business and clients and it's also allowed me to see so obviously I get clients now and be competitive or non-competitive you have 
sort of like weird relationships with food. Like I'm saying weird because because a lot of people just have weird relationships with food. And it's put me in a position where I've been there so I can understand. If somebody comes to me and, and their metabolism's maybe damaged, if you've not competed and you don't have digestion problems from like extreme dieting, then it can be kind of hard to understand if you don't have direct experience where I've had a lot of like, like I've rebound a lot. I've been underweight. I've extreme dieted. I've been obsessive and I've come through all of that. So it makes, it's made me be able to relate to a lot of my clients and just people in general. So that's a massive thing that it's taught me. Um, It's also taught me that I am capable of doing anything that I put my mind to. And although I wasn't necessarily a doubter of that, before I competed, I was always kind of like, oh, well, like, and you'll get it. Like, oh, I couldn't ever stick to a, a, a plan for, for that long. I'd go crazy. And it's like, but you can, and anybody can do it. But you just have to actually believe. So it's taught me self-belief. I'm on a much bigger scale. Like, I guess now I apply that to, to a much a much bigger goal in my life, which is to be fitter and healthier for life and to look good all the time, not just for a stage. Like, I want to look and feel good in my own skin 365 days a year, not three days of the year, and then for the rest of the time feel uncomfortable. So it's been hard to come out of, but it's also taught me, like, you you don't necessarily grow or learn unless you go through things. I'm one of those people, like, if you tell me, don't touch that because it's really hot, I'm probably going to put my hand near it anyway just to check you're telling me the truth. So if somebody said to me, don't compete, it's really hard and you'll hate it and it'll make your relationship with food weird and all the rest of it, I'd be like, well, I'll find out then. Yeah. So I think I think it's taught me like going through a lot of hard things in different phases and doing two preps that were so completely different has taught me that, one, you don't have to do it unhealthily, like there is a healthy way of doing it. And it's given, because if I'd have only competed for that first year, I'd be like, oh, well, all bikini girls are like obsessive and weird and they all eat celery and chicken for like five meals a day. Whereas, obviously, I did the second prep, nothing like that. And I think that was kind of why I did it as well, to prove that you don't have to do it like that. So, yeah, it's taught me a lot. Sometimes you've just got to go, if people are, because I get a few people that are saying, oh, I'm really unsure as to compete. And I always say to them, you don't know until you try. And people say, well, is it good or is it bad? And I'm like, context is so important. Because one person's experience might be really different to the other. As you say, your first year, if you wouldn't have given it another try and tried a different way, that would have been your idea of competing. So I think it's really important that people kind of Mm -hmm. get a context around when they're asking people and kind of get like a more, I don't know, holistic view and get different people's opinion before they are even on the same note as what you're saying, if you're toying with the idea like, is it good, is it bad, then it's probably not for you right now because that you're only going to take that into a, a prep or a competitive phase and all you're going to do is worry if it's the, the right or wrong thing to do. If you're going to do it, you kind of just need to go for it and hope for the best. You you only get one shot at life. Like, if it's something you want to do, but you're scared of people judging you or you're scared of people what people might say, then you probably just shouldn't do it. But at the same time, don't be scared. Just go for it. If it's something you want to do, just do it. Like, regardless of what anybody's going to say. Definitely. So how has people's perceptions of you changed, if it has at all? Because everyone always asks me, for example, if I haven't seen someone in, like, 10 years and we need to go to school together, the first thing they always ask me is, oh, so when you're competing? Because that's, for, for them, they, obviously, this is probably how I kind of portray myself at the same time, but they just see my me as bodybuilding bikini girl that's my identity so how have you kind of 
Have you experienced anything around that sort of area in terms of how people have changed or that sort of, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And one of my things when I competed was like, I don't want people to just think I'm a bikini girl. Like, there's so much more to me. Like, I'm a multifaceted person. Like, I have, I'm a 3D person. I'm not 2D. Like, there's nothing, there's more to me than just getting on stage. Even when, even when I was competing, like, there was so much more to me and there was so much more I wanted to get out there and, and it, it does kind of become your identity. And even if you don't want it to, people just perceive you as that, like you said. And, and obviously things have changed for me. Like a lot of my clients don't even know that I ever competed unless I tell them and show them pictures. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And it's something that I don't really maybe talk about that much, but like I'll refer to it every now and again. And, and just to like contextualize things that I might be discussing. But I don't, um, I think people's view of me has now probably changed because I'm I'm seen more as like a coach and, and a, a like a lead sort of maybe like a leadership figure than, than a bikini athlete which is it was my goal I feel like I'm, I'm really I'm really big headed saying that but I don't mean it like that yeah, at all so I think essentially that's all I wanted I just didn't want to just be known as a bikini girl at all um I can hear people talking outside the door and I was like someone look at me I'm sat in the physio room, so I'm just hoping that the physio room will be like, don't get out. (laughs) Um, So I think, yeah, it's kind of a weird one. I think people's perceptions of me have changed. Like, all my friends, like, when I said to them, like, oh, I might, they were all like, oh, you're going to compete again. And and literally for maybe six months, like, body power last year was just like, when are you next competing? And I was like, I'm not. And everyone's like, what? Like, what? What? And I was like... I do a lot more than compete. Like, and, and like, you'll see that. You'll see that there's a lot more about me. And um, and I guess it was more a case of like time and proving proving myself, which takes time. Not like proving myself, but like getting more of me out there and that wasn't just related to competing. And so yeah, people's perception of me has changed, but I would say it, it was for the better. And now people don't just say to me, "Oh, when are you next competing?" People say to me like, "Oh, when's your next event?" Or "What are you doing this month?" Or oh, I've seen what you're doing on social media. That's really cool. And and there's so many more things to talk about now. Like, it gets kind of boring when people are like, oh, so when are you next competing? What are you eating today? How much cardio are you on? And I'm like... <laughs> it's very, yeah, it can can become very, like, like robot-like, isn't it? Sometimes you go through yeah. the flow of some people's conversations, that's all you talk about. And it's a bit like, okay, that's great. Like, there's a bit, as you say, there's only so much that you can talk about with just that area. Well, face or like something intellectual like just talk to me about something else <laughs> so true so true i think it's i think that's kind of just the obvious it's the obvious question that everyone goes to isn't it oh so many that's competing it's just yeah. everyone just automatically kind of does it when as you say there is so much more to people and i probably learned this last year as well i just did competing 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 and then when I spoke to my uh, my mentor, he was like, yeah, but what else do you do? And I was like, well, I like art galleries. He's like, when's the last time you went to an art gallery? And I was like, oh, shit. And I just thought to myself, oh, I'm not, like, it made me realise that I was literally focusing all my energy. And even though, yes, it brought me happiness, I think it's better to have more... Once you kind of tap into all the different areas that make you you and, like, kind of fulfil that need, and I think you do get to that point where you are actually a lot more happier and it's not just competing. 100%. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, not like, one of the main things when I competed for the second year, I still did a lot socially. Like, I still went on nights out. I still went everywhere with friends. I never said no to anything within reason that I didn't want to say no to. Um, 
I still went on holidays, like, because I was kind of like, I want to be proof that you are getting on stage in a bikini, your world doesn't have to stop or end to get there, like, it really doesn't, and I still, I'm, I still am a massive believer in that now, like, I work for some people who compete, and Dan, my partner, uh, preps, still preps a lot of people, and, and one of the things that I and we are always saying is, your life does not go on hold just because you're competing, because, like, people say, like, oh, I'm, uh, well, I've booked a meal in, like, four weeks' time, is it okay if I eat out, and I'm like, yeah, why are you even asking me, like, yes, <laughs> You're a person, you're allowed to have a life, like, go and have fun. Yeah, it's not as if you literally have to stay at home and that's it, like, it's not as if you're in jail, sort of thing. That's eating on social media, like, go hard or go home, like, give it 100% or, or nothing, and, like, 100% to, and if you say that to people, people think 100% is, like, going home and then going to the gym and then eating and then going to the gym and then eating and then sleeping and going to the gym, and, like, you don't do anything outside of eating six plastic box meals a day and, and going to the gym when there is so much more to it. I think it's one of those things that people don't expect to get everything right the first time. I think there's a lot of uh, people that do their first show and they win and then people kind of compare themselves and they think, oh, well, I haven't kind of got to that level yet. And obviously it is a competitive sport. You do compare yourself. But is there any tips that you can kind of give people who potentially might be struggling in terms of comparing themselves too much? Sport is what you make it, in my opinion, in, in an experience. So if you if you treat it as a comparison sport, as a sport of comparison, you are going to be constantly feeling insecure, feeling inadequate, or feeling like you don't meet the standard because you very rarely see how good you are as an individual compared to somebody looking at you. So I think, obviously, it's a competitive sport. You're going to get on stage and you're going to be compared to these physiques, but it's a subjective sport as well. It's not just a com- it's not just competitive, it's subjective. So no matter how much you compare yourself to anybody else, you are not going to change the end result. You are not, and, you, and if anything, you're only going to jeopardise it. So if you're, if you're that person who spends three hours scrolling Instagram, sending screenshots to your coach saying, I'm not as lean as this girl or that girl, the only thing that is doing is holding you back. The only thing that is doing is actually affecting your progress and how lean or whatever you're actually going to get because you're elevating your stress level, you're worrying, you're probably affecting your sleep, you're affecting your motivation to train. I don't know if someone's knocking on the door or I'm going crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so like that and, and that little thing is, and it's only going to make you feel like shit. Like it's never going to make you feel good. Like, there's that saying like comparison is the thief of joy and, and all the rest of it. And, and I apply that to general life, but it also massively applies when you're competing. So if you look at it as a comparison sport rather than a competitive sport, you're going to fall into the trap of constantly comparing yourself to other people, constantly feeling like you're not good enough, like you don't meet the standard or the criteria. There is no criteria in competing because you can look at 10 different shows and every winner of every show looks different. And that's one of the yeah. other things that kind of like was just the final straw for me with competing, like at my, my final show. So I got told not to come in lean, too lean. I got told um, don't over diet. Um, and then I, and then for my first show, they said, oh, well, you could be a little bit leaner. Right, okay, so I got a little bit leaner. My next show, I was too muscular. But the previous year, I'd been told that if I, uh, if I came back and had more muscle, I'd be unbeatable. Then I was too muscular for the junior class and I didn't look, I looked like a woman in the juniors class. So I was like, oh, right, okay. 
okay, this is just like, okay. Didn't affect me as in like, I was just kind of like, it's what it is. Like, I've got on stage, like, you can't expect to come home with a trophy. And yeah. then the final show was, oh, you didn't have striated quads, which was one of the judges' feedback. You didn't, you didn't have feathered quads. So I was like, please show me where feathered quads are on the criteria. And I was just like, you know what? If this is what girls are up against, it's no wonder that half of them think, oh, my God, I am shit and I'm not good enough. I'm, I can't do this. Like, if you're up against unrealistic and ever-changing criteria, then you are going to often feel like you're short, like you're short coming. Um, so, yeah, don't compare yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I guess feel like that applies to off-season as well. Like, I think people only compare themselves in competition, think that people only compare themselves in competition prep, but there's often in off-season they're like, well, she didn't rebound as bad as me, or she didn't do this, or she... It's like, stop living your life in phases. If you've chosen to compete, you have to be able to accept that you are going to be a little bit bigger at certain times of the year, that people are going to look different, like your body's going to look different with a little bit more body fat. If you're going to diet to an unmaintainable extreme point, then you have to accept that you're not going to look like that for very long. And I think it's feeling like you've already won before you step on stage. Like, I saw that a lot before I started competing. I was like, I don't really get what they're on about. But once I did it, I thought, well, yeah, you've overcome so many challenges and you're able to get to that stage. You know, you don't know where people's starting points are either. So I think it's having just, I think, because I saw it on Instagram this, over this weekend, you can tell people are gutted. And yeah, you are going to be gutted if you lose. Like I got top, what was it? like top six last year but I didn't place but for me I already felt like I won because I thought I've gone through so many shit and so many things that would have potentially a few years thrown me off and for me that was a win in itself but I think people kind of they think they kind of put their classification to whether they they have won or not and whether they take first place trophy when it's actually not all about that sometimes it's never about that if so I see I see it a lot like oh I'm not going to pretend I'm not really upset and I'm like well you've gone into that competition with the wrong mindset I always say to people if you're going to compete you go in with the intention to win never the expectation so if that's one thing that I tell any bikini girl to or any competitive athlete to replay in the head it's intention not expectation so if you go in with an expectation to win and you come away with no trophy, you are going to be gutted. Whereas if you go in with the intention, you've done everything that you can do, and you're happy with how you look, which is the real win, when you get no trophy, you, you might be a little bit deflated. But at the same time, you've also got to understand you're, you're fighting for someone's opinion. Like you're fighting for the opinion of somebody you don't know. So if they're gonna and if they're gonna rank you, then they might prefer somebody else's. They might prefer somebody else's bikini. That's that's what it could boil down to. There are so many things that you get judged on that are ridiculous. Like, oh, how small your bikini bottoms are. Oh, fabulous. Like, yeah. You put all that work in and it's like, nah, I don't like those earrings. <laughs> well, exactly. These are the things that it boils down to. And obviously it's like your overall look, your stage presence, everything. So somebody could beat you on like the smallest little criteria and and then you're going to go and put a post on Instagram and say that you're gutted. Or people who come like second and third place and say, well, I would have liked the win, so I'm really upset. And then you've got to think like, what about fourth place, fifth place, sixth place? Or people who don't even know what place they've come and they've not even made top 10, they're going to be reading your post saying, well, I would love to be in your position. So I think it all boils down to being grateful, regardless of what the outcome is. Be grateful. You've got a healthy body that allows you to walk around on a stage. You've got legs that work. 
There you go. There's something to be grateful for. Stop moaning. You've put yourself there. If you don't get the place that you want to get, then boo-hoo. Nobody really cares. Nobody's going to judge you. The only reason that people are actually going to judge you is if you come away from that with a negative like a negative opinion of yourself or, or the outcome, then people are going to be like, oh, well, they're either going to say like, oh, it's okay. Or they're going to be like, well, that's, that's shit. Like, why would you say that? I didn't get a place or I would love to look like you. It's all about having that perspective, isn't it? And I think when you get into competing, you kind of lose sight sometimes of the fact that you can walk with your two legs and you can actually go to a gym and do a lap pour down. I think it's so important that people don't lose that. And I think I 100% agree with you because, you know, there's some people, it's having that awareness that some people would love to be able to just go to the gym that you're doing, that you're doing right now. Some people would love to be able to walk to the gym or some people would love, you know, there's so many different things that people kind of lose complete, well, just lack of perspective. And that, yes. Yeah. And a lot of people don't make it to the stage. Like, a lot of people cut their breath because they, they've not made it there. Something's happened or they've not quite had that drive to get there or they've had health complications. And you're moaning that you've made it there and not got the place that you expected. So you might go in with the intention, but if you don't come away with, with it, then it's fine. Like, nobody expects anything. And if they do, you should probably question why you've actually got them in your life. If they're expecting you to win... They shouldn't. They should just be supporting you. And whatever the outcome is, they should be happy for you anyway and supportive of that. Yeah. That's really harsh, isn't it? No, it's not harsh, though. This is what I love. And it's like... <laughs> I feel like it seems to like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love this shit, though. It's uh, it's real. It's honest. And it's so... Yeah, I keep, I always say, yeah, definitely, when people come on. But it's just because I, I just completely agree with everything you know, that, that you're saying. And I think it's something that isn't shown enough in the industry. I think people need sometimes... And I'm saying this because I was one of those twats last year. It's just coming back down to earth sometimes. I was very much, as you say, the panic. I was a panicker. I, anything would just panic me. And it's just kind of having that rational mind to be like, is this really going to be the end of the world? No, but it's just having that self-awareness to get to that point. Oh my God, that is one of the things I can actually say. Like, And we were, talk- we were going to touch on personal development, but we're running short of some time. So one of the- if, you're- if you're prepping right now and you're finding yourself that you're overwhelmed, don't sweat the small stuff. And then in brackets it says, and everything is small stuff. Because I haven't read that until recently, but reading it now makes me think back to prep because it's actually a lot of like, naturally how I trained my mind to be more positive was kind of like, this is so irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Like, this is irrelevant. I don't need to stress about it. Like, any stress is just going to be detrimental to my prep, so I might as well not stress about it and just be positive. So personal development, if you're looking at personal development, you're prepping right now, instead of listening to Gangster Rap while you're on the treadmill, put a podcast in. While you're driving, listen to a podcast. It doesn't have to be prep related. It can just be mindset related, be business related if you're into business. Just listen to things like educate yourself. Take yourself out of your bubble of competing for a, for a little while and, and sort of familiar, like ground yourself with the real world. Uh, read, think about other things, like be grateful. Start a gratitude log. Write three things that you're grateful for every single day because like you said, you often forget the little things when you're in prep because you're so wrapped up in yourself. It's a very selfish sport. Don't forget the people that are around you. Tell them that you're grateful that they're supporting you on your journey every single day. Say thank you. Stop being mean to people. You've chosen to prep. Like if you've chosen to prep and you're being mean to your family or your boyfriend or girlfriend, then sorry, but you're 
an idiot yeah. that was going to swear then, but you've chose to do it. Nobody's made you do it, so stop moaning, get on with it. If you don't like it, stop. There you go, simple. Like, you don't need to moan, you don't need to be a, you don't need to be a prick to everybody. Like, you really don't. My, like, my, my bumper came off my car in the flood, in a flood, a week out from the Arnold's Barcelona. Oh, my God. So I pulled up to the gym and somebody said, excuse me, love, your, uh, your bumper's hanging off. Do you know what I did? I pulled it off, I walked into the gym, and I said, you got a bin for this? <laughs> I, gave, I gave it to them, put it in the bin, went and got on the treadmill, did my cardio, went home. Shit happens. Flew out to Barcelona five days later. Boom. I could have felt that. And, and not the year before, that would have sent me into absolute meltdown. I was like, you know what? Like, it is what it is. It's life. It just took me an hour and a half to get to the gym because the road's flooded. And stop it off. My bumper, I drove over my own bumper for the last hour. <laughs> so I was just like, sod it. It's what it is. You just got to think of Big black mark down my face. So I was like, well, there we go. Um, I think... I have to go. That's so, fine. just as I know that you wanted to touch on like people thinking that there is no life after competing. If you are one competitor now, or you're not sure if you want to compete, but you don't know what else to do, um, and you're not sure if you want to continue competing, like please, please, please take my word that there is life after competing. Like, there's so much life. You didn't get into training to compete, you got into training, I presume, to either gain an like to get to an aesthetic goal. Uh, to lose a little bit of weight, to be more confident, to have a healthier lifestyle. And all those things are perfectly maintainable after you compete. And if anything, it's going to give you a much bigger goal. So apply the things that you've learned from competing to your general life and focus on how you can apply those. Like There is so many things that you can do. You can help so many people. Like somebody said it to me, like competing is maybe 5% of the population or less, even less, maybe two. Some people don't even know what it is. My clients don't even know what it is. They're like, what What do you mean? Like bikini, like bodybuilding, like what is it? But because you're in it, it's a much bigger thing to you. So if you don't feel like you want to do it, realize that there's so much more that you can do to be fit and healthy and inspire people than just to compete. And there is, as a woman, there's only so long you can do it for. Like now I know that my metabolism is not as good as it would have been had I not extreme dieted for two years. Mm. Yeah. There's nothing that I really would have done differently about my prep because it was so different. My second one was healthy. My first one was was very, very unhealthy. So I obviously learned my lesson the first time. But yeah, I think the biggest thing to touch on is, is that there is so much life after competing. And I urge anybody, if you're struggling right now and you're yo-yoing and toying with the idea of getting back on stage just because, because I started a prep last year and I just sat there one day and thought, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because people are expecting me to do it. I'm not doing it because I want to. And that was kind of just like, and I'm kind of that person. Like I listened to a podcast the other day that was talking about these kind of different different types. And it was like, if somebody tells me I have to do something, which is kind of a good thing that I work for myself now, you have to do this. I'm like, I don't have to do anything. I'll do what I want. And that's kind of like, I don't, so I was kind of like, I don't have to compete. I'm competing because people are expecting me to compete. And it's kind of like just what I do. But it's not, it doesn't have to be like that. So I thought, I didn't really think of it as challenging myself, but I guess it, it was kind of challenging myself more than more than actual comp prep. Okay, so, what, so what was that book that you mentioned? Because I think the signal cut off slightly. Uh, Mark Bronson, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. Uh, and the second one was Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. They're my, probably my top two books. 
on mindset. Awesome. Thank you so much. I know you're going to have to shoot off, but thank you so, so much for coming on. I can't wait to get this one out. I'm super, super excited. I'm going to put all her social media links at the bottom. So you know, make sure you message her and let her know if you've got any questions. And yeah, we'll literally just wrap it up now because I know you're going to have to shoot off. But thank you so, so much for coming on. Are you And just no, like, do not be afraid to message me. I keep going on about this, but like, if somebody inspires you on social media, please tell them because you have no idea how much that one motivates them, two helps them, and three, they, they, you, like, you very rarely actually get told because people are so scared of sounding stupid or that you won't reply. I reply to everybody. <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. <laughs>